passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Week one of the NFL season is almost in the books. Football is here. If you want to place a bet on any of the football action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. All you need to do is head over to betonline.ag. Use our promo code BELIEVE50. That is B-L-E-A-V-5-0. You can see that on your screen right now to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts welcome into the believe it's dealer show i'm your host mark bergen rolling solo today ike is traveling to pittsburgh for his scouting responsibilities with the steelers so you'll have me mark bergen providing my reaction to the steelers wild week one win over the cincinnati Bengals and this game where do you start? A 23 to 20 final. And it was almost like smoking a pack of cigarettes and running a marathon at the same time because this game was absolutely crazy. Whatever superlative you want to use, you can use that in this game. Now, long term for the Steelers, you have two major concerns, and that is this both TJ Watt and Najee Harris injured in this game. And the question that you have to, you have to ask yourself is how long are they going to be out and what is the severity of their injuries? Watt had a pectoral injury and it appeared that uh, Najee Harris had an ankle injury of some sort. And so a question I posed on my Twitter feed was which player could the Steelers least afford to lose long-term? And while most people picked TJ Watt because he was everywhere in this week one win, I would argue Najee Harris because you are going to have to start an undrafted rookie in Jalen Warren who, you know, would have made a good role for himself as the Robin and Najee Harris's Batman, but hopefully Harris can go in the week two game against the Patriots. But Harris kind of served as a band-aid for a flush wound, and I really think that the Steelers' offensive line struggled in this week one win. You have to go back to the 2012 draft the last time the Steelers drafted a offensive lineman, an offensive lineman in the first or second round, and that was David DeCastro. I know Marquise Pouncey has recently retired. DeCastro, the Steelers let go due to injuries. And you're talking about two Pro Bowl players on the interior of your line, two all-pro players on the interior of your line. And the Steelers a year ago are starting two rookies and Dan Moore Jr., Kendrick Green on the offensive line. Kevin Dotson was a second-year player. And there's a reason why the Steelers went and got Mitch Trubisky this offseason. They draft Kenny Pickett because they at least have a little bit more mobility than Ben Roethlisberger had in the back nine of his career, in the waning years of his career. So that's something I really noticed. I would make the argument that the Steelers will miss Najee Harris more because they draft Harris 
to come in and be the bell cow, led the NFL in touches a year ago, was a pro bowler and was a pro bowl alternate for Joe Mixon when the Bengals went to the Super Bowl a year ago. But I think he's his ability to break tackles really has made this offensive line look better than it actually is. It's still very, very young, but whoever you put back there, and I don't think Trubisky played particularly great on Sunday, but whichever quarterback's back there is going to struggle a bit because he didn't have the time to throw that he might normally be accustomed to in a regular game. And so big picture, I would argue that Harris is going to be the bigger loss for the Steelers than TJ Watt. Now, TJ Watt was all over the field. He nearly decapitated Joe Mixon on a TFL. And then in the very next play, he gets an interception. And he was part of the seven sacks that the Steelers had of Joe Burrow. He was everywhere on Sunday. And no doubt he looked like the reigning NFL defensive player of the year, but it looks like the Steelers will be without him for several weeks. It's a pectoral injury. You don't know if it's a full tear or partial tear recording this on Monday morning. We might get more insight on the severity of TJ Watts injury. It is a huge concern that I have, but it was a gutty defensive effort from the Steelers. Now with Watt as well, the Steelers have a great ability at developing linebackers and so I'm going to go to their nucleus of okay yeah they're thin behind TJ Watt but Alex Highsmith a lot of one-on-ones had three sacks three of the seven sacks against Burrow I thought he played really really well and these other players are going to have to step up and whether that is Malik Reed or Jameer Jones Steelers are going to have to step up but they're finally healthy on the interior of their line and I'm talking about Tyson Alualu, Cam Hayward Larry Ogunjobi, I thought Miles Jack and Devin Bush played well. This was a gutty, gutty defensive effort. Five turnovers against the Bengals, four interceptions of Burrow, and a fumble. And the Steelers' defense kept them in this game because the offense didn't really play that well. And the Steelers became the first team with four-plus interceptions, five-plus turnovers, and seven-plus sacks, and a pick six in the same game since 2002. And the fact that they only won by three points is a bit concerning to me because the defense, the defense absolutely balled out on Sunday and you somehow find a way to get a win on the road against the team that represented the AFC in the Super Bowl. And again, I'm going to go back to the offensive line, 75 yards rushing and absolutely getting dominated in time of possession is not going to cut it for the Steelers team. You look at time of possession in this game. 26 minutes for the Steelers. Bengals had the ball for more than 43 minutes in this game. Again, a huge concern, and it's a concern of mine. Now, Minka Fitzpatrick was everywhere. He had the pick six early on and the blocked extra point near the end of the fourth quarter. I'm going to have a full video breakdown of how he blocked that extra point at the end of the fourth quarter to send the game into overtime tied at 20 to 20. That will be a separate video. I'm going to break down the film and the film courtesy of NFL plus. So check that out in a separate video of a full film analysis breakdown of how that play went down. But you see what happens when you have a stout front seven and Minka Fitzpatrick can go back to being the ball hawk that we all know he is. He was an all pro player in 2019 and 2020 Last season, people say he didn't play as well a year ago, but that's because running backs and receivers are getting to the second level of the defense, and he couldn't be much of a ball hawk as he had to play at the line of scrimmage because running backs and receivers are getting to the second level of the defense untouched. He had 120 tackles a year ago. 
Now you see what he is best at, and that is creating turnovers and making plays as like the center fielder as a free safety at the safety position. And you see why he is the, at least at one point, was the NFL's highest paid safety. His sis been upstage. Breaking down the kicking game as well, Chris Boswell had the opportunity to make a 55-yarder. He redeemed himself making a 53-yarder. I'd like to see the Steelers get a little bit closer to make that kick easier. And I know he just got a new contract, and he's among the NFL's best. But a 55-yard field goal is tough for any kicker in the NFL, let alone one as good as Boswell. Now, McPherson for the Bengals, it was the snapping issues that the Bengals had because they had a protection breakdown on the blocked extra point by Minka Fitzpatrick, which I'm going to break down for you in a separate video. But then in overtime, when McPherson missed a 29-yard field goal, the Bengals had their backup long snapper in, and that's Mitchell Wilcox, number 84. He's not the team's primary long snapper. So you saw when he missed the 29-yard field goal, you looked at the laces. I've never met a kicker that wants the laces facing inwards. Normally, the laces you want to face outwards, and that's why he missed the field goal to the left, the 29-yarder that would have won it for the Bengals. So the Steelers hang on. This was an absolutely wild game. Again, hopefully the offensive line could be better, but that big picture the severity of the injuries to both Watt and Najee Harris are huge, major concerns that I have for this team moving forward. And someone's going to have to step up in the running back. So Jalen Warren listed as the backup, the undrafted rookie. You know what Benny Snell can do? I know Anthony McFarland's still on the practice squad, depending on how long Najee Harris is out. And maybe Najee Harris will give it a go. But I know he's dealing with that Liz Frank foot injury going into this season. Hopefully they can get him back on the field. I'm not as optimistic about TJ Watt because TJ Watt knew right away and, and was trying to do some lip reading of what he was saying. You, he was kind of indicating something wasn't right in that pectoral injury. If you're a Steelers fan, you have to hope and pray that it's only a partial tear and not a full tear. Because if it's a full tear, he's going to miss the vast majority of the season, if not all of it. So we're going to keep our fingers crossed again, recording this Monday morning. We'll see as the week moves on more and more, um, you know, the severity of their injuries, hopefully we'll learn more about that. Some other observations from around the NFL that I had Tampa Bay Buccaneers win yet again, Tom Brady looked good. The Cowboys did not offense struggled. And uh, I just really thought with the NFC, a lot of question marks in the NFC. Now, I'm not going to freak out about the Packers. I know the Vikings looked really good in their win over their division rival. Remember, a year ago, the Packers got absolutely smoked. I believe it was by the Saints in week one a year ago, and they went on to have a fine season. So I'm not going to freak out about Green Bay just yet, but Packers taking on the Chicago Bears in week two. We'll see what happens there. If, if the Packers were to lose in week two to the Bears, then I might start calling for panic. But uh, we'll see what happens Sunday night though. Tom Brady back in prime time. I thought the Buccaneers looked really good. And I was most impressed with the Buccaneers defense in that one as well. Uh, a few other observations I had again, I thought that the NFC it's like, I want to see another week of action, but it's like, okay, the Eagles were an underdog for a lot of teams. They give up 35 points to the Detroit lions. Um, we'll see what the Rams can do. After getting smoked by the Bills in week one, I'd say the two big winners from week one would be the Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're making a power rankings of, okay, 
who are the best teams in the NFL who are most impressive. I think you have to point to the Chiefs and the Bills after week one, and we saw those two teams in the playoffs a year ago. So that's really no surprise there. How about the Bears upsetting the 49ers at home? I know Kittle did not play in that one, and the weather conditions certainly played a factor, but something I totally did not see, the Giants upsetting the Titans as well. And Brian Dable in his debut as Giants head coach deciding to go for the two-point conversion and converting. But again, what I want to know, anyone watching this, let me know in the comments, who do you like in the NFC? Because I like the Buccaneers, still do like the Rams, despite the fact that they got absolutely smoked by the Bills in the Thursday night opener. But who do you like in the NFC? I'd still put the Packers pretty high up there, but I'm not going to overreact. I know it's one week. Still 16 games to go for each of the 32 teams in the league. So I think that's going to be one overreaction you see today is, is Aaron Rodgers and the Packers over the hill. Again, we saw this a year ago when they got absolutely walloped in the first week of the season and they were able to turn their season around. And like Rodgers had two interceptions for the remainder of the 2021 season after he really struggled in week one a year ago. And we'll see how the Packers move on now that Devontae Adams is a member of the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, week two Steelers will host the Patriots at home, home opener, Acrisher stadium. I'm still getting used to saying that I'm still used to Heinz field Patriots actually open as a one point favorite in this game. Kind of surprising to me. So later on this week, Ike Taylor and I will discuss Patriots and Steelers provide a full preview and breakdown of the week two matchup and all the week two matchups as well. So Excited to talk to him about that. He'll be back here on the Believe in Steelers show. But week one, nearly in the books. We've got Monday night football tonight. The Denver Broncos against the Seattle Seahawks. So Russell Wilson going up against his former team. Storyline kind of sells itself. But let me know what you thought of week one as well. Let us know in the comments. I want to thank our sponsor, betonline.ag. Uh, I want to thank the Believe Network as well. And then again, Ike Taylor going to be back later this week to preview the week two action. Hope all of you enjoyed the week one action. Football's back. I'm excited. I'm going to go ahead and sign off here. I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you again for watching the Believe in Steelers show. I'll see you later this week when Ike Taylor returns. Until then, take care. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.